animal he thinks he has the right to kill. What's up, guys? I'm Yaz. I'm Casey, and this is the Worst Horror Podcast. Today, we are going to be covering something that we're obsessed with, um, from a company that we're obsessed with. We are going to be covering 2020's beautiful Halloween nostalgic horror film, They Live Inside Us. I'm so excited. So, a little backstory, I guess. Casey and I recorded our last, it was our last episode, right? No, Hell no? House is our last episode. Oh, okay, never mind. I don't, I don't keep track, apparently. <laughs> so, we recorded an episode. Um, if you guys haven't heard of The Witching Season, you guys need to check them out, like, mm-hmm. ASAP. Absolutely. Because they have, okay, so, I don't even know where to start. Like, they have everything. They have short films. They have this really funny segment that they do with Count, uh, Count Spookula. They It's just, it's awesome, and... We did an entire episode where we covered all of the shorts that were, I guess the whole movie, I guess, itself, right? It's entitled The Witching Season. Yes, yeah. So we did a review on that, and we were actually asked to do a review on the full-length movie of They Live Inside Us. And they were kind enough to provide us with a screener beforehand, which I'm not going to lie, we did feel very... (laughs) We felt special. I've been really excited for this episode, you know... It's coming out the day the film comes out. So if you're listening to this, this episode, I'm really out the same day. yeah. Mm-hmm. Please watch the film first. It is so important that you really take in everything with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, Yaz and I, we have our own opinion, and we don't want you guys swayed by it. You should have your genuine opinion without us in your ear going in. So if you haven't watched it, please, please pause this. And go watch the film. Definitely. Excuse me. So, Casey and I were just talking about this, actually. I watched the movie twice, and I enjoyed it both times. Me too. Like, usually when we, we, sorry, review movies, I feel like the first time through, if I haven't seen it before, it's like I stop and I, like, really pay attention and I enjoy the movie. Second time through for me is typically, like, note-taking time. It's a little painful, a little boring, because you're just (laughs) trying to get, like, you know, you're trying to squeeze all the juice out of it so you know what to discuss. Right. But I found the second time through with this movie, I enjoyed it just as much as the Mm -hmm. first watch. Like, it's still, and we talked about this also, that you picked up on things the second time through. I kind of did, but I'm, like, curious to hear, like, what you picked up on. And I think that's also important for, I'm hoping everyone who listens to this, is there are a lot of, A, nods to their short films for their anthology. Um, I I hope you watch that even before you watch the film. The whole point of the rewatchability is I think it's just like all the great horror movies as you pick up on things you didn't the first watch. Mm -hmm. Because you're trying to take it all in, and then it's like your brain has like already been like, oh, I've seen this. So you're looking for all these little nuances and all these little touches and right. inside, you know, details. And it's beautiful. The film is... We cannot say enough good things about just the ambiance of these movies and the shorts. Because if you like Halloween, if you like fall, these movies and shorts like capture every little thing about that that we love about Halloween. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to dive into the I film? I am. So it basically, it opens on, well, first of all, I don't know why. It's not that I ever thought Utah wasn't beautiful, 
but I wasn't aware that they got the seasons like this. Like, cause it is, it's most, mostly a desert, you know? In yeah. California, we don't get, we don't get fall really. It goes no. summer, winter, Cold spring, <laughs> summer, winter, spring. So that, that that's all we get. We don't, the leaves don't turn in Southern California. They literally just die. It's like they're green one day and they're gone the next. That's Mm -hmm. all you get. So when we're watching like the, the leaves that are like skittering across the ground and the, the orange and the red, it's, we don't get that here. So it's like, we appreciate it that much more. I mean, I'm sure like maybe some of our listeners do have that kind of weather. I hope you do. (laughs) I hope the best for you. And another thing too, you get these really fun, you know, Halloween decorations. You get the vintage, you get the hanging. There's just so many touches that show such a love for the holiday, for the season, for the horror genre that it's just unmatched. Yeah, honestly. And we've talked about this I think in probably our episode when we talked about all the shorts is that I love like in Halloween four and five in the intro, how you really get those fall spooky vibes and they totally capture the exact same like feel in their movies, in my opinion, witching season. And if you, if you're into that, yeah, I mean, we can't say enough good things. I mean, while still keeping it modern, by the way, these are kids on, by the way, I loved these two boys masks. Me too. Please, 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 team from Witching Season, please tell me where you purchase these masks. I would also like to purchase these masks. <laughs> so, sorry, you know, we're. it's really hard not to talk about the atmosphere that they set for the movie. It's awesome. It literally fills me, like, with a warmth inside. It just... It, 10 out of 10, it's just perfect. So we, we come across these two kids... Should we start actually first with um, who directed the movie? Oh yeah, maybe maybe it'd help if you guys got any information about the film. <laughs> so we won't like go super into that, but it was directed by uh, excuse me, Michael. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right this time. Balif. I believe so. I watched. Okay, so another thing too is that if you do decide to watch the shorts, um, like the short version of They Live Inside Us, beforehand or even afterwards, they do have a director's commentary video on their YouTube channel that you can watch, which was really interesting. Um, and that's where I think I learned how to pronounce his name correctly. I know I've been saying Bailiff, so I'm very, very (laughs) sorry. Michael Balif. Michael Balif. Okay. And, um, the music was composed by Randon Graves. Just a little honorable mention. First of all, I really hope your last name is legitimately Graves, not like a stage name. Cause the, what a perfect. I know. Right. And can we just say. I want a spooky last name. The. The music, it just, it just adds to everything. It tied everything together. And it's so important in movies, just in general. We all know that, how important it is. And it, like Casey said, it totally ties everything together. It pulls it together. And it just maintains that, like, spooky vibe the entire way Mm -hmm. through. Without beating you over the head, because that's another thing, too. Sometimes you get... I mean, we see it a lot with, like, the 80s films where Mm -hmm. it's, like, these very, like, jarring, like, intense sounds. This isn't that. It's very melodic. It's very... It's so hard to describe. Please, please, please just (laughs) watch this film and listen for yourself. You will not regret it at all. Just as much as we do. Okay, so how... Like you were saying, the film opens with two boys and they have really cool masks on and... 
It's just like that ideal fall day hanging out with your best friend. I love that. And it's Halloween, which <laughs> right. is great. And what's so there is this scene that I have to mention. So they're pulling up on their bikes, but there's these two giant like orange trees. Mm-hmm. When it pulls in on it, it looks like fire. And I think it's so beautiful. And it is, yeah. It's so weird because I can feel, like, the exact temperature I think it would be. Mm-hmm. And I can feel, like, the breeze, you know, like, blowing through your hair kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It just, it puts you in the mood to for Halloween. Yeah. Which is, it's, we, I know we've mentioned this, but it's so important that it does. Because this all has to do with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it the, the time period is very important that you're in that headspace to be open to it to understand why stuff is happening the way it is Mm -hmm. so okay so then we kind of the boys are talking amongst themselves and it's basically a haunted house that they like pull up to and it's nightfall at this time so during the day they're kind of riding around on their bikes Mm -hmm. and then they pull up to this house and it's called the booth house and There were several different stories surrounding. There was a witch that lived there with her daughter and she killed her or something. And then there was a family that was, yeah, the, what was it? The husband killed the family, killed himself. So it's kind of just like one of those things, you know, like, oh, this is like the neighborhood haunted house. Which is great because you get lore within the first five minutes. Mm -hmm. Because when you just go in and you're like, okay, I guess I'm gonna... And you know, there are some films where, yeah, you fill it in yourself. Mm -hmm. But this is really nice. You get that fun, you know, they've heard about it. And honestly, Yaz and I also come from a town um, where there was a brutal murder. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I mean, I hate to be like, oh, it it takes me back to that time when I was a kid and you hear about these things because it is so horrific, but it does remind me of my childhood. It was a big deal for us, you know, in high school, at least when we were our grades, at least. Yeah to try to find this house and you know it's probably haunted there's still all these things going on it's just something you can relate to I feel like growing up as like a kid and it's like you know you hear these stories and I I feel like that's like maybe not everybody maybe not every town but I feel like a lot of people have you know like just that local so tell me house or something spooky that happened and everybody talks about it exactly and tell me if you agree with this is um when they were riding up on the bikes it reminded me of the beginning of Casper. Yeah. Yeah. Because totally. they go up and then, you know, and yeah. it, it's fun. I don't know if that's intentional, but it definitely was like... Gave you those vibes. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is like, you know, it's two young boys that are like, oh yeah, let's fucking go up let's and Let's go see. explore. Yeah. And one of the kids is definitely me. Like, I don't think so. I think we should just hang back. And, and I'm like, have, you're being a bitch. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's me and Casey. Because one of us believes in ghosts and the other <laughs> does not. <laughs> so, okay, that's awesome. It opens up with them. And then the boys actually see someone in the window, mm-hmm. like a silhouette of somebody. It yep. spooks them. And then they go running, obviously, because I would have too if I was a kid. That's terrifying. I would run away if I was an adult. Because mm-hmm. also that's um, trespassing. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, we're getting in trouble. So... Another thing they do is it starts raining, and it starts raining on the mask. I think it was done really well. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. All of the att- We'll talk about it, but all of the attention to detail in the movie is, you can tell that there was, like, a lot of love put into it. Yes, absolutely. Which we appreciate as fans. Um, okay, so then we meet our main character, whose name is Jake in the film, mm-hmm. who is portrayed by James Morris, 
And we meet his daughter, Danny, who I love. Well, and we also have to note that James Morris, along with Michael Balif, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, they both co-wrote this story. Yes, I believe so. So Correct I, us if we're wrong, but... <laughs> I think that this it's a special take on it, because not only is he acting, but he is... And he's such a vital, like, part of this movie, and we'll talk about that a little more in mm-hmm. depth, too. Because um, he's just all over the place in this movie. Um... And then we have Danny, his daughter, who is played by Emily Broshinsky. I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly as well. Um, and we first get them pulling up to this house, the Booth house. Mm-hmm. And he he goes in first, I believe, by himself. And he is kind of exploring the house. And we ended up finding out, too, that his daughter is, like, handicapped in some way. I'm not exactly sure. Did he? Did they talk about what? I don't think so. Because I, I was looking for that, too. Yeah. I was looking for an explanation only because we want to be very careful with the way we say things. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to be, you know, insensitive or uneducated. I could not find what it was, but she does have, like, braces that she walks with. Right, right. So she's left in the car when they immediately, like, pull up, and he goes in first, and then he comes back out to get her, and I think even right off the bat, she's kind of like, well, why are we here, Dad, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, like, and then we end up finding out that he's trying to write a story, because he's, like, an author, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Oh, by the way, but he tells her it's haunted. Oh, yeah, and then it freaks her and she's out. Like, Poor thing. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> she looks like she's on the verge of tears. Like Casper, and I was like, okay, maybe it does tie back to the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. So, I so, forgot about that Casper reference. You're mm-hmm. right. True, true. Um, okay, so at first it's kind of just them getting settled into the house, and then there's that little nod to Count Spookula when they're, like, watching TV. <laughs> I, okay, I'm sorry, and we said this in our last... Um, and James plays Count Spookula. Yes. <laughs> Witching season team, please put us in your next anthology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done beating around the bush. I want to be involved. <laughs> we Casey, will be... Casey put it out there, so... We will be extras. I don't care. You want me to hold, like, something? I will hold something. Like, whatever. Just in the like, background? Like a boom mic. I don't even have to be part of the film. You can use me for manual labor. It's just... <sighs> It's so cool, and I also want to be part of something cool, so hit me up. I am cheap, which means I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I know we talked about this, actually. We talk about it in length, by the way, about what we would want to (laughs) if we were ever offered. We would provide our own transportation and costume and makeup. Mm -hmm. We don't have to But it's anything. Yeah. um, We'll move along. (laughs) We'll move along. I just want to make sure it's, like, really out there, because I'll beg if I have to. Just keep us in consideration. That's all we ask. Um, okay, so, uh, I believe, okay, so his character, they're hanging out, watching TV, he falls asleep, and he gets startled, which I thought at first this was, like, a dream sequence. I think it might have been. Um, and that, we'll kind of find that that happens, I guess, here and there, which, we'll talk about it, because I'm like, was it a dream? Was it not? I don't know. The first watch, I was a little confused. Yeah. The second watch kind of cleared things up it for did, me. It did, which I thought they did a really, really great job because they use their set so wisely. Yeah, They definitely. really do not take advantage of any piece, and it's really going to be hard for us not to gush because I think of every little 
piece that they put into it, and I'm like, this was so thought out. Mm-hmm. Everything was methodical. Everything was planned. Like, it's just the way that they execute what they're doing is just, you don't really see it a lot anymore, and especially in an indie horror film. You know, we get a lot of these, They it's like they overlook it. They, they mm-hmm. rely solely on jump scares. They, they just glaze over They're the not using details. their set with any appreciation or love, and that is the exact opposite of what this film does. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, okay, so this is when we first, or he kind of first starts noticing things going on in the house, and this part actually scared me the first time, because I watched it at night, and like in the dark, and set the mood, and he's kind of exploring through the house, and he notices the door to, I think, like, is it the basement or something? I think so. That's, like, opening and closing, and Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, who's there? Like, what's going on? And then this hand pops out and, like, grabs the door. First time I watched it, I watched it by myself in the middle of the day, and it startled me. Oh, yeah. No, that scare got me. And then he... So, you kind of get the sense, I guess, that, that there's probably ghosts in the house at that point, or something's going on. And then... Also, too, I think he looks under the door, and then there's, like, feet. That's a little later Is that on. later? Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, no, okay. So, before that, he also hears someone drowning in the bathroom. You kind of hear that first, and then it's like, okay, what the heck's going on? And he opens the door, and then there's nothing Which, honestly, I don't know if I would. I think if I knew where my kid was, I'd be like, I'm not going in there. Oh, no, I would have run out of the house, but you know me. Like, as soon as anything sketchy goes on, I'm gone. Well, the second the light wouldn't turn on when he came into the house originally, I'd be like, You're done. (laughs) You check out. I guess we're staying at a Motel 6 (laughs) or something like that. Uh, That's funny. Okay, so he goes downstairs. I don't know if he was upstairs or what the deal was, but what I have in my notes is that he finds a woman standing next to a record player, Mm -hmm. which her name is Cynthia and is presumably his wife. That is what I'm taking right? it as, yes. Okay. So, and by the way, Cynthia is played by uh, Stevie... Oh my gosh. I know the last name. I can't read my own handwriting. I will get that. Stevie Dutson. Um, which, she's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. She really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then, basically... I think that that kind of gives him a spook, but he's just like, okay, well, I'm here. I gotta start writing my novel... So we get into the first story. Well, which, she's also telling him, like, what you're looking for is right. in this house right in front of you. Yeah. Just keep looking. So, I mean, it kind of leaves even the audience like, okay, well, we're all lost still, so I guess we're going to have to go on this adventure well, with him. Well, you can see a lot of pain, too, when he sees her. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You definitely get that it's just kind of, like, lost. Mm-hmm. He's lost. He's kind of, like, hopeless a little bit. Right. It, I, honestly, it kind of tugged on my heart a little bit. I was like, oh, this is... I mean, it's sad. It should be. If you're looking at this and you're not, like, bummed out a little bit for this yeah. guy, you're like, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it kind of starts to take a darker turn mm-hmm. from this point forward. And so he starts writing the first story. Which, the I love this one. Book. I love that the, he has the book of, what is it, horror movie monsters. Yes. And it's like Skinwalker, <laughs> Wendigo, you know. I had to Google witch. what a Wendigo was because I wasn't exactly sure. Um, that shit's scary. Yeah, uh, I and I want to say I think Wendigo, and I could be incorrect. I'm very sorry if I am. 
I want to think, I think that Wendigos and Skinwalkers are very similar. Because they both come from, like, a Native American, mm-hmm. like, I want to I don't, I don't want to say folklore, scary. but it's no, something I think it like is. that. No, I think you're right. Because I, I didn't, like, dive into it, but, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, yeah, I don't, I just think it was scary. <laughs> the pictures that I saw, because, like, obviously I just go straight to images, and they're pretty creepy looking. Um, something else, too, that was in there, I think, was Sasquatch, which I love Bigfoot, so does your dad. My dad is, like, obsessed with Bigfoot. I just think that that would have been probably, like, a funny one. And also, um, Giant Stuffed Rabbit, I think, was one. Which, please, 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 <laughs> you have to watch... Or Evil Stuffed Rabbit, sorry. You gotta watch the anthology on YouTube, Prime, buy it, something, because these are such beautiful nods to their short films. Yeah. You have to watch them. Do not miss out on these nods if you don't. I won't even spoil it because you guys need to watch. And you'll know what short I'm talking about mm-hmm. after you watch it with giant stuffed animal. You'll just, you'll know. And it's hilarious. So I'm kind of bummed actually that there wasn't like a segment for another giant stuffed animal. But it's okay. I loved all the segments anyways. So you get the masked killer and it starts, he's holding like a severed head. Right? Yeah, which I thought which was, was done really well. Yeah, it was done really well. And I, the second time through, I don't know if, I don't know what, if maybe I forgot or, um, my second watch, I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I completely forgot that he was holding a severed head, a very bloody severed head. Um, and then we get this character who we're going to see in all of his stories. Um, and she, it, I don't think that she has a name. I think, like, in the, like, it's like description. Woman. It's woman in white. I think is like basically Which, the title. By that she the has. way, he says, you know, they start in a neighborhood and then suddenly the daughter is lost. Right. I would keep this in mind for further within the film because I feel yes. like it is very reflective of something happening in this film. Right. Okay. So the and it's so cute because the story starts out with them trick or treating. It's mm-hmm. a mom and a daughter, and she has just like. You're just basic, but so cute, like, ghost costume with the sheet and the eyes cut out. Mm-hmm. And then she's holding, like, one of those little light-up, like, jack-o'-lantern. Yes, so little, cute. What would you call it? Like, a flashlight, basically? It's something like that, yeah. Super cute. Just gives you, like, fall Halloween vibes. And, like Casey said, the daughter goes missing. And this character, this lady in white, is being stalked by this masked killer. And she realizes she's being stalked, so she starts running. And... So she runs up to this house, which is decorated so freaking cute. Do you remember? It's, like, decked out Halloween. It has the little, like, thing of candy. And then she kicks the candy. (laughs) I was like, no. Well, and then it it flashes to this guy who's asleep on the couch, and I want his acid witch shirt so bad. Yes, it's so good. I tried to find it. So, again, if anyone can tell me where I can find it, I want to purchase it so badly. Yeah. Okay, so then she goes into this house, and she's hiding from this masked killer and the movie that's on the tv when she is when she goes in is so ridiculous and funny and i think it was playing earlier too before the um before the count spookula segment when Mm -hmm. uh jake and danny were watching tv and it's just so cheesy and funny and great and i it makes me laugh too that she stops and, like, laughs at the movie, like, while she's being stalked by this killer. It made me think of you 100%. <laughs> I was like, this is how this 
freaking lady would die oh, if yeah. she was in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I walk by and like some cheesy horror movies playing and I'm like, oh, well, might as well just stop and watch this before I die. Um, so then the mass killer finds her and does she stab him or he stabs her? She does stab him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She stabs him, he pulls it out, and then... Oh, knife, knife to, to meet, meet you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the best part about that is that it pans back over to Jake's character, and even he knows, like, that's fucking so cheesy, and you just see it on his face, and he's like, fuck. like. And then he backspaces it all out, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, okay, never mind, maybe not this one. Not going that route. Okay, so... After that, um, we are back to, like, reality with, um, Danny and Jake, and she is asking him to go trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. and the poor thing, she gets denied at first, and then she gets a burnt-ass pancake. <laughs> I mean, really insult to injury right there. <laughs> like, Which, I love that little touch, but it was like, your heart just breaks for her. Because she's, I mean... The whole thing is she is legitimately just a kid in a shitty situation. Right, absolutely. She and just you can, wants to have fun and... And you can tell he's, he feels bad. He goes, you right. know what, like... He yes. gives in, too. Because I think he realizes he's just like, you know... Because she's the one who's along for the ride. She yeah. can't make her own decisions. She can't, right. you know, she can't decide. So mm-hmm. he goes, okay, let me get a little more... What is it? Let me get a little more writing done today yeah. and then we'll go. Right, so... After that happens, he's, like, scrubbing a pan in the sink, and then for a really quick second, it, like, shows him holding a really bloody knife in the sink, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like, hmm. Which, done so, so well. Again, when you're... It surprised me again the second time through. I was like, ooh, I knew it was coming, and I was still like, they just, you, I'm sorry, I've used the word utilize so much, but honestly... They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And this is, it was so good. It's, it is a little bit of a jump scare, but they make sure that it's for something. Right. It's not just like, oh, we're just purpose. trying to keep you scared. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it, like you said, it has purpose. Right. And it startles him and because he's startled, it startles her. Mm-hmm. And they're both on it. Like, yeah. the timing between the two it's actors perfect. It's perfect. is immaculate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, like, I know you do too. I really appreciate stuff like that. And there's, I'll probably forget exactly what parts they were, but there were a lot of those kind of scenes Mm -hmm. where it's just, it's executed so perfect. The jump scare and the actors reacting to the jump is like, You know what we forgot in um, his first story on the radio, Killer on the Oh, yeah. Yeah. That too. Okay, and also, sorry, something else that I completely forgot is when they first pull up, did I mention when they first pulled up to the booth house that on the radio station, it's like witching season radio or something? Yes. <laughs> Again. All those little <sighs> nods. Like, you have to, I think that you should, you don't have to, you should watch all of the shorts first because then you'll understand all of these tiny little... I mean, we're more asking you to. Yeah. You, here's the thing, this film was 100% made for their fans and you can tell. Yeah, definitely. Please do yourself the favor. The reason we want you to watch it is, you know, A, these people deserve this recognition, but B, it's like you're selling the experience short a little bit by not getting everything you possibly can. Right, right. You're not, it's not a waste of time. 
I think it's so important that you get, you know, because it's so fun. And I was hoping that we'd get these nods because, you know, like these, what, big blockbuster horror movies, sometimes they'll do it. Like, I know, like, look at Halloween 3. Mm -hmm. Didn't they have Michael Myers on the TV? Yeah. It's, it's nice. It's fun. It, there's something very just, I don't know. I think it helps connect you a little bit yeah. more with your viewers. It just gives, you know what I mean? It gives you something to be like, oh, hey, I know what that's from. It just makes you feel included and, like, part of the fun. Well, and you're not ignoring that you had created all these things beforehand. Right. You're also, you know, a nod to the things that you created before is basically showing how much you still love them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so then, do, do, do. I believe it just goes straight into him writing the second story trying again basically yes. and he's going down his list and then he lands on a scarecrow mm -hmm. as like the antagonist and I personally love this one because like I said this story gives me the opening scene if you guys can picture the opening scene from Halloween 4 where it's kind of like oh absolutely that, and it takes place in like a cornfield and then it has like the cute little Halloween decorations like sprawled out everywhere it's just it's so good and it, it's, it's broad daylight, so it's not, like, your typical, like, slasher, scary setting, mm -hmm. and the scarecrow is, like, really cool looking. Mm -hmm. It didn't look like a, sta a standard scarecrow. It had, like, a jack-o'-lantern kind of face. Do you which remember? I like, yeah. Yeah, which I, I really like that. Because I'm pretty sure it's a scarecrow from a pumpkin patch. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Yeah. We love pumpkin patches over here yeah. at the Worst Horror Podcast. Pumpkin babies, yeah. <laughs> so, you get the same... Um, the same woman who is running from this scarecrow pumpkin guy, and <laughs> something that I was like, dang, is when she jumps off, what, what is it that she's inside of, like the building? A barn. It's a barn? Yeah. And she jumps off the top and she falls? I felt that fall. I was like, Ooh. Okay, but did it not give you, I, what was it? <laughs> is it, it's not Friday the 13th too, is it? <sighs> I don't know. It was one of the Friday 13ths where I think it's like the troubled kids and they're in a barn and stuff like that. Or they're like at a home that has yeah, a probably. barn. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest, I don't revisit those movies that often. <laughs> but um, the story itself is cool because like it starts off with her running through the cornfield and then you see the scarecrow like it's just not doing anything at first and then like the hands come out and they're like creepy looking and mm -hmm. then it comes to life and then it starts chasing her. And then... <laughs> She runs out onto the street, and it's really fucked up, but I think it's hilarious. Like, I thought that segment was funny. She runs out onto the street, she's, like, laying there, like, help me, and then this guy that's driving is, like, singing his, like, country jams, and he's not paying any attention. And, of course, the song is, like, <laughs> I'm running over you with my truck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cute. And he fucking just runs her over and just is, like, huh. And then just keeps driving. And these, I feel like these stories are so important because, I mean, honestly, you need them because the other subject matter within the movie is so tense and yeah, serious. Yeah, it just, it really breaks it up and, mm -hmm. like, it works. Like, it, it works for me. I don't yeah. feel like it's, it's done intentionally, too. Obviously, the character who runs her over, this, like, cowboy guy, he's, like, he's acting silly, in my opinion. Yeah. And... It's, it's completely intentional, and it just, it's funny, and it works. It made me laugh. Um, the Scarecrow segment in their short, um, for They Live Inside Us, is hilarious, so mm -hmm. if you get the chance to watch that, it's even funnier, in my opinion. Um, and I just, 
I feel like, like you were saying, like, you need that time because the story between Jake and Danny, it primarily takes place in the house. Like, we don't really leave the house, and I feel like that breakup of, like, you know, just separating it for mm -hmm. a minute is, it's good because I think, while I think that they could have just executed a movie just in a haunted house, I think that it obviously adds to it that they... And incorporated you'll kind of see why too within the end is that why you do want that little breakup because mm -hmm. they could have but they would have had to move at a much more rapid pace right and yeah. I feel like you would have had to add I don't know I feel like with some haunted house movies that they're just like oh yeah now the kids are being tortured and the dog is dead you yeah. know mm -hmm. and with this one it's definitely there's a lot of little nuances that they're trying to make sure like okay, are you starting to see the pattern? Do you right. start to... Are you feeling, like, why he's scared? Mm-hmm. Oh, we missed it. So, um, I think it was the Scarecrow one. Yes, now I remember. It is the Scarecrow one where, at the end, he, like, sees that orange light coming underneath the door and the feet drop. Okay, yeah, that's, that's when it happens. And that part got me, too. Um, and it's nice because, I mean, me personally, like, first time through... I knew what I was going into the second watch, but the first time through, it's like, it really keeps you guessing, like, what, what's going on? And do we already see, like, the sheet in the bathtub That's at that this point? time, because right. he, he goes in and he holds up the sheet, he goes down, and Danny is sitting, what does she read, she's coloring or reading a book or something, uh -huh. and he goes, hey, were you upstairs? And she looks over at her braces and she's and like... And then she looks back at him like... And it's so... <laughs> it's, it is, it's so good. It's so cute. Yeah. It's so innocent. And it's also like, dad, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, do, do you think I'm walking up the fucking <laughs> stairs with my braces over there? Like, no. Yeah, that was... I like that part a lot. Just little things like that. And I... Like, Danny's character, I love her so much. She's great. She was great. Yeah, like, she really knocked it out of the park, I feel, with her role. And, um, we'll, we'll discuss it later. There's a scene where I was just... Broke well, me down. <laughs> then we can go... So, Jake tells Danny... I need to do like 45 more minutes of writing and then I'm going to take you trick-or-treating. Right. So he goes back up and we get, I feel like this is the most, one of the most stunning Oh, there was scene. another part, sorry, actually. No, I think before that even happens, he takes her outside just to like get some fresh air. That's right. And we see a body actually laying in the street. Mm -hmm. He notices it and he goes up and sees like, you know, what the hell's going on and it's the woman in white, right, who is appearing in all of his stories. But then I think that it turns into Cynthia's character, does, which yep. is his wife, which we end up finding out that he's, you know, just seeing things, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then I believe it goes to the part where you were talking about. Right yeah, now. yeah. Sorry, yeah. So he tell yeah, right? He tells her, like, oh, just give me a little bit. And then is that when it goes into the third story? Yes. Which so, is my favorite. I... It kind of is a little reminiscent of Trick or Treat for me. Yeah. Like the Halloween party they have. This is a harvest festival. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, fun fact, I don't know if you caught this, is that that harvest festival is called the City of Fun Carnival. And the infamous carnival in the Sandlot, where the kids, like, do the chewing tobacco and they throw up on the ride, that's the same carnival. Okay, well, just seen I've never seen Sandlot. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
like the infamous carnival scene you've never seen the sandlot no, really I, not, I really have not oh my god okay so i mean if you watch it like anybody who's seen the sandlot you know what carnival scene i'm talking about and it's the same carnival that is featured in this movie which i thought was really I cool because it's so such where an iconic they do scene. such a I'm never going to stop being able to be like, this is all the cool stuff that they do because they, oh my God, amazing. Yeah. No, I just thought, I had no idea until I like kind of dove into a little bit further and I was like, no way, that's fucking cool. I just, I love, and I like, I feel like I gush about it all the time. I love carnival setting, like, they, like Stranger Things, you know, in the last season mm-hmm. we got that like, it was it a carnival or was it just like a 4th of July? It was like a 4th of July carnival, yeah. right? I just love those settings. I don't know why. And, like, Ghoulies 2 is one of my favorites, and it's set in, like, a carnival sort of theme. I don't I don't know. I just have an attachment to it. I love spooky clowns, and we get, like, the evil clown in mm-hmm. this, who is portrayed by <laughs> James Morris. And it's, by the way, they do a really good job of not making him look like James Morris. I didn't even catch I- it. Didn't the know first it time. Either. Yeah, Mike had to point it out. My boyfriend pointed it out. He was like, "Oh, that's the same guy." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, look, didn't it's the look same like guy. it to me at the end. I knew because of the voice. Yeah, but during that scene, I was like, "No, not the same guy. Not yeah. you know." But they got me off guard <laughs> when she's running too, and people are like, "What?" Like, I. <laughs> and then there's that like kid in the background. I thought I was getting a funnel cake or whatever. <laughs> like, there's always that brat kid. <laughs> At the carnival. Oh my gosh. So, what, she goes, like, underground, which I'm curious. Like, Freddy's boiler room or yeah. some shit? That's kind of the vibes that I was getting. She. And the character she's running from is Choppy the Clown. Yes, I love Choppy the Clown. Me too. I, just for the life of me, I can't figure out why she decides it's like running upstairs by the way she's already out of the house in this scenario technically she's like you know what let me just really barricade myself inside <laughs> so she's running down this a this it's well lit but also creepily lit yeah hall. and she's running or she starts like kind of more quickly pacing um and she's oh my god this fucking guy the Makeup that they, the, oh, the, the effects that they do finds, for him. His, are his eyes, like, gouged out? It looks like it. He doesn't have eyes. No. Basically. And his mouth is, like, like sewn closed. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. It was really creepy. And then, um, Choppy catches up to her, right? And he's like, does he? I'm he pretty does, sure right? because he's, he kind of, like, go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, trying to find her. And then <laughs> we get, like, another... What was the line? Oh, she delivers this line because they like come face to face and then she's like, <laughs> what does she say? She's like, are you going to chop me? <laughs> and then the story cuts out and then it pans back over to Jake's character and he again has that same look on his face like, and then I think he even cusses. He's like, what the fucking shit? Like, Because <laughs> he's just like. I feel like it's just, like, this brain fart. This poor guy is literally, like, right. a great story, and then he gets to the last line, it's like, it's nice to meet you, he can't, are you like, gonna chop me? Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, it just, it's funny. Gives me a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cheesy, and you know that it's, like, it's intentionally done, and it's funny, um, this is where we get to your sad scene, too. Yeah, okay, so, and the performance from 
this little girl is just like tugs on your freaking heartstrings. So he and he even kind of okay, so they're talking amongst themselves and there's obviously tension at this point and she's like you don't care about me like you know you I feel like she's kind of thinking that he's just putting this his work in you know yeah putting her on the back burner right and you know I think that that's fair you know like he keeps making these promises to her and well to tell her one thing tell her 45 minutes and she could she's obviously very desperate to get out right um and he even tells her, like, you know, this is, it was your fault why your mom, you know, isn't here anymore, and she starts crying, and I I had to hold back from tears, because she delivers just such a convincing performance in that scene, and it's just really sad, and then obviously, you know, he feels super remorseful right away, and he's like, you know, I didn't mean that, and I think that, I, I feel like, too, that's kind of starting to show that the house is really getting under his skin at this point mm-hmm. and that he's feeling, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, not necessarily stress, but, you know, the stuff that's going on in the house is definitely starting to get to him. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to get to her, too, which, um, <clears throat> yeah, that scene was just really sad. I felt really bad for her. Um, so then it kind of goes to him. I think at this point he's just, like, frustrated. All these other stories that he's writing aren't working. And then he starts writing... A story about the house. So he, which I feel like he should have just started there in the first place, <laughs> in my opinion, but whatever, it's fine. Um, okay, so then he, he starts writing the story and Danny goes missing, which is, okay, at this point it starts normal and then there's like a shift in the lighting mm-hmm. and it kind of seems like it becomes a dream sequence at that point. Yep. Is that what you feel like was going on? Yeah, I feel like it's, yes. I, I feel like it, they do a good job of using that lighting to s- signify like. Right, because he presses like the enter key on the keyboard and then the lighting completely yep. shifts, um, which I thought was really cool. And he, it's just him kind of wandering around the house, and then he runs into Cynthia's character again. Mm-hmm. He, I think, is he being chased by someone, or he sees someone, and then he locks himself in the room, like, in a bedroom, and then you see his daughter's, like, little crutches, like, sitting up against the door, and he's, like, in distress, and he's crying, and then Cynthia's character kind of pops up behind him, and she tells him, um, or she asks him if he thinks that he's dreaming, because he's like, I don't know what's going on, like, and even at this point, I still was like, is he dreaming? Like, is this just a vision? Like, yeah. is this, like, is he writing this story? So you're kind of like, you're still not exactly sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he he starts going through all of the stories that he wrote, which I thought was a cool little, like, oh, absolutely. touch to the story. So it, it literally shows him going through the very first story with the mask killer. And he's kind of running through and running from all of these different people the scarecrow the mass killer and then the clown and what was interesting in the segment with the clown is that he's asking the he's asking choppy well what did you do with my daughter where is she and choppy says that bitch in white i think took her or some shit like that mm-hmm. which i was like oh okay so he ends up back at the house and then that woman in white i think is in the house right and she tells him like oh aren't you like happy like i did this for us and I believe at that point he had already found Danny's body drowned in the tub. 
Which that scene... Which is kind of signifying uh, that this woman in white, this character, murdered his daughter. So this one, this is the scene that was hardest for me to get through. He finds his daughter and he's obviously crushed. Mm -hmm. He goes and she goes, don't you understand? You're free. We're free. I did this for you. Like, isn't she beautiful? Right. And you're, and he, the look that Jake has on his face, like literally made my heart ache Mm -hmm. because he, he's in shock. He like kind of starts to half cry and it's so, it feels like from such a genuine place, Mm -hmm. he puts his head on her shoulder and I'm just like, I don't, like, the pain that he portrays is just, I felt it. I really mm-hmm. felt it, like, in my heart. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. It's a, it was a tough scene to get through. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, so then, then I don't know if it's at this point where there's a picture, um, of this woman and you see this picture, like, throughout the story of mm-hmm. this woman in white who's in all of his stories and you basically end up kind of figuring out that this character that he is referencing is actually his wife. Yes. Because the picture yeah. turns into a picture of her. And the house, you end up noticing later on in the story that it... You basically come to find out that it was their home. Because there's a picture of Danny and Jake hanging up on the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when everything starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. And then for me, when I, the first time I was watching it, I was still super confused. Like what the, like what's going on? I don't understand. And then he makes a phone call to, um, 911 after stabbing his wife. So many times too. Yeah. Oh my God. And then she reaches up and like basically slaps him in the yeah. face with her blood. <laughs> I was like, Oh God. So this character, this woman in white essentially turns into his wife and through the 911 call, we end up finding out that she murdered their daughter and he ends up stabbing his wife to death, which, I mean, it explains the entire, everything basically comes full circle and you understand why this house is haunted. Yes. And so the only thing that I kind of was a little bit lost on is that it has been haunted, I think, for, they said, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So this murder happened 30 years ago. And then it kind of... And then we see the kids, like, in, like, the future, I guess. Mm-hmm. The same kids from the beginning. And they see him up in the house. So is this, like, a 30 years later sort of thing? So what happens is it looks like he's stuck in a loop. So okay. I'm not sure if okay, this see, happens every Halloween for the past 30 years. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if this is his, like, every single day. Mm-hmm. But it restarts and he is cycled through this situation. Right. Okay, yeah. See, that makes sense then because he basically says... Um, I wish I had written it down. Um, just, like, the beginning sequence. And you hear it at the end again. Basically just saying that, like, whatever, you know lives in the house I guess kind of how does he word it I forget but just basically that like it doesn't really go away and Mm -hmm. um you kind of just keep reliving it I forget I wish I had you know I don't really I don't know because that makes sense what you're saying well and why I didn't notice it before like I hate to say like oh you know kids these days they have cell phones Danny all her toys none of them are electronic when he uses the phone in the beginning He uses the house phone. He doesn't use a cell phone. Okay, see, that makes sense. 
See? But he's using a computer, though. I didn't catch on to that. But, I mean, maybe this is, like, that was meant to be, like, him set in modern times. Kind of. I don't know. But I... I like that about it. But even it the car, makes... too. The car has a basic radio. Yeah. Because that's where the green, like, mm-hmm. green comes from. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I mean, if we can get some clarification, if not, it doesn't bother me at all because I like the fact that it kind of makes you think and it takes you out of, like, okay, well, maybe this isn't set in the time frame that I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, because it does and... not tip you off, by the way. And even the you... decor in the house is, like... Yeah. It looks older. Yeah, because they're literally... Because even the daughter is like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. And so it allows... It it keeps you on the hook for, like, if she was... She's probably also stuck in, stuck in the cycle, just like his wife. Right. All of them are stuck in this horrible, gruesome cycle of mm-hmm. having to deal with this over and over again. And he's mentally suffering after the de- obviously finding his daughter and killing his wife. Right. And then at the very end, we see him sitting, like, at this desk that he's been working off of the entire time, and his wife and his daughter, who, I'm assuming that they're meant to look, you know, like, dead, essentially. Mm -hmm. They come up behind him, and he opens a drawer that has a handgun in it, and he shoots himself, right? Yes. Because I think that it, the screen goes black, but you hear the sound of a gunshot, so I think how you were saying, yeah, I think this is probably just something that plays out and then constantly. It's, so it goes black, and then it starts over with the exact lines he right. comes in the house. I, I wish Every I had house has down. a story. Yeah. And so... <sighs> and then, you know what I love, though, too? So at the very end, as he's reciting that whole kind of, like, monologue again, is how they do, like, the very first original Halloween, like, at the very end of the movie, how they pan through the house and they show, like, every little scene mm-hmm. from the house, they do that same exact thing at the very end of this movie, and I really like that. I don't know if that was, like, a nod to Halloween or if it was, like, inspired by that. I thought that was cool. Like, while he's reciting this, like, monologue again, you're getting clips of, like, every little part of the house. Which, it, A, it's nice to know the layout of the house, too, mm-hmm. Because I'll be honest, because you're not necessarily getting all the layout of the house in the beginning, mm-hmm. that you're, it is, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. This house is, like, very hard to, it seems like, navigate yeah, a little bit. Yeah, But. It's like an older, bigger house. But, I mean, that's essentially the movie. <laughs> it just, it's, it's so beautiful, and it's such like a. It ends on a dark sad note but it leaves you thinking afterwards I mean it did for me still I still have questions but I even like movies like that where it's like I don't entirely understand what happened but that's okay because it makes you want to watch it again right like I'm the same way I'll be honest like sometimes we watch these films and I'm like okay that's obvious for this Mm -hmm. with this film I'm going to have to watch it a couple more times to fully understand, and that is important for a film. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, too, what better time than right now, spooky season, to... Honestly, I know that we all have our, like, designated movies that we watch, probably Halloween, you know, your... Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, all those movies. Um, Tales of Halloween is another really good anthology. Um, But please add this one to your watch list this season because... There's really no better time to watch it than right now. I mean, you can obviously enjoy it whenever, but it's Halloween's around the corner. It's spooky season. 
It's and just a great watch for this time of year. Agreed. Like, this is absolutely something that should be added to a classic rotation of Oh, it's going to be part films. of mine. Like, forever, I'm, I'm sure. sure once once this is released, because we don't want to add it to the list, and then you're like, oh, you know, why are you guys talking about it before the movie even comes out? Um, but I think we should adjust our list that we released last Halloween, or last October. Yeah, definitely. Check them out. Show them love. I mean, we have, like, just upon us doing our episode where we talked about the witching season short films, we've even noticed, you know, growth, you know, from the horror community and, you know, word being spread, you know, about these shorts and the witching season. And it, I don't know, it makes me really happy that, you know, they're obviously getting the recognition that they deserve. And the, yeah, the fact that they're getting picked up by a lot of, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of different articles that are being written about it. This film is absolutely important for the genre. I would say it's a breath of fresh air. You know, you because sometimes you do have, like, the Groundhog Day type scenario. But, I don't know, they're not done like this. Mm -hmm. Because this one waits to the very end to be like, oh yeah, this shit is forever. Like, I'm stuck in this forever. And right. you're, you're, yeah, I mean, it's it's dark and it's hopeless and finally a horror movie that's not like oh yeah we killed the bad guy at the end and then it's all done you know yeah yeah I love it so please like we said just check everything out like I just recently watched the um it was the Count Spookula what was it called oh the Horrorthon yeah it just came out and I it came out I think like last week if I'm not mistaken and I won't go into it I won't spoil anything but it's fucking hilarious so please just give it a watch like it's brand new and it's 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 hysterical like I watched it I think twice because I just the first time I watched it um I'm not gonna lie I got pretty trashed because I was drinking that night <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> and I watched it again the other day and I was like this is just as funny with me sober like so please give it a watch because it's hysterical there's, like, a review of Ghostbusters that's not really a review of Ghostbusters, and it, like, I won't even spoil it, but it's fucking hilarious, and it has to do with a porno, so just please watch it. It's, it's hysterical. So just please show them love. Give them a follow. They're, I believe, um, at Witching Season on Instagram, and then there's a separate account for They Live Inside Us. Um, yeah, we just can't say enough good things about them, guys, and especially right now with, you know, the fall season and Halloween coming up. There's really no better time to check all of this out and watch it and enjoy it and love it mm -hmm. and appreciate it. So it's um, on it's on video on demand, by the way. Mm -hmm. You can also order Blu-ray or DVD of this. And I don't know if we said already that it comes out on October 6th. October 6th, everybody. October 6th. So mark your calendars. Be sure to watch it. I'm going to probably rewatch it again the day that yeah, it comes out. <laughs> me too, and I'm probably going to rewatch it on Halloween. Yeah, definitely. For and sure. Halloween is on a Saturday, so dude, take You have time to binge watch and take stay advantage. Up late. Add this even if you're <laughs> like, you know, what, I'm going to make it my first watch, and then I'll go into others. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. So, please check them out. Please show love to these amazing content creators. They absolutely deserve it. Um, but that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you guys for sticking in there with us. Um, we know well, we've been gone for a while. 
But as way always. to make a comeback, though, <laughs> way to make with, a the, comeback. with the movie that we got to watch I know, early. I know. And honestly, we're so thankful that we got to, like, pre-screen it. And we, like, we, the reason why I think that we started doing this podcast is obviously because of our love for horror movies. But opportunities like this are really what make it worth it for us. You know, I know that we're not as consistent as we probably should no, be, but... which we are thankful that anyone would even consider, considering we're not consistent. Right. But I think that there's just genuine love there, and I think that, you know, it's it was noticed, you know, that we just genuinely really enjoy their, you know, content, and um, we're just happy that we could do this. Yes. Because this is really exciting for us, and this is honestly, like, the reason why that we even gotten to doing this podcast in the first place. As always, thank you for letting us ramble about horror, Halloween, and nonsense. <laughs> I'm Yaz. I'm Casey, and this has been the Worst Horror Podcast. Bye. Bye.